Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. I'm Dr. Steve Call. And I'm Lisa Call. And we are dedicated to having conversations that cultivate connection in our marriage. Thank you for joining us. Our conversation this episode uh, is around the area of attachment and uh, such an important category, such an important experience uh, in understanding our marriage, uh, understanding the dynamic uh, between us. Lisa and I are excited about having this conversation. It's often the way in which we begin uh, the workshops that we offer. Uh, It's an important, if not central part of uh, my clinical work uh, with couples. So when we when we speak about attachment, uh, we we're, we're going to talk about a couple of things. One is uh, our own story with regard to attachment, and then the way in which uh, our spouse uh, becomes our new attachment figure. Okay, so what do we mean by attachment? Well, we're ref- we're essentially referencing uh, our early story uh, of the experience with our primary attachment figure. For many of us. Uh, that was uh, our mother, uh, could have been our father, Uh, it could have been an aunt, an uncle, a guardian, adoptive mother, father, another family member. What we mean by the attachment figure is the person that tended to be uh, the primary one that was responsible in responding to us when we had need. So much writing and so much work around attachment tends to focus on the first couple years of our life. So for many of us, which is it's difficult to remember uh, our first couple of years of life, but we had a primary uh, relational experience with our attachment figure. That's an important part of our story that we hope uh, those of you listening might be somewhat intentional uh, about remembering, recalling, reflecting on. Because our early story of attachment and our experience with that attachment figure significantly influences and impacts our marriage relationship. Because essentially, when I said I do to Lisa and Lisa said I do to me, we actually were saying I do to becoming the new attachment figure for one another. Marriage is actually the privilege of being the attachment figure for our spouse. Now, for many of you listening, I'm not so sure you maybe signed up for that or were aware of that, um, but that, that I don't think we were aware of it we until maybe 10, 15 years ago. Mm-mm. So definitely not when we decided to get married, Mm-mm. but it's just been a, a very awakening, healing journey once we began to develop and understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, Lisa and I were married at the, the early age of 22, and yeah, I, I would agree. I don't think we had any sense of, of what anyone ever meant by attachment or never, I don't know if we even knew what that word was or no, what that word meant. Uh, but, you know, we often, uh, in conversations like this, and maybe the, some of the workshops that we offer, we'll, we'll start by actually asking people to remember and reflect on uh, those early experiences of their attachment figure. Because, again, the way in which we were responded to uh, in our attachment experience with that caregiver, with that attachment figure, tends to significantly impact uh, the way in which we respond to one another in our marriage relationship. One of the the, the essential features of attachment and speaking about the attachment experience uh, is paying attention to two words. 
the two words, the two, and what I mean by words are two experiences, uh, is the availability of the attachment figure and the consistency of their response. Those two key relational responses significantly impact uh, our attachment structure. What do we mean by structure? Uh, we, we essentially just mean uh, we tend to either develop a secure attachment with our primary attachment figure, or we tend to develop an insecure attachment uh, with our primary uh, attachment figure. The key piece uh, is to be intentional, I think, for us, is to reflect on uh, how available uh, was your attachment figure and how consistent would they have been to you and what you needed and or how unavailable might they have been at times and or how they might have been somewhat inconsistent. So when we, we when our attachment figure responded to us and, and, and they were primarily available, again, not always, but primarily, and they were consistent in their responses, we tended to develop a secure attachment. Right. It doesn't mean they were perfect and they were always available and they were completely consistent. No. I think sometimes we start thinking of our own parenting and we start to evaluate, oh no, am I... Am I always available? Am I always mm. consistent? But we're not talking about, we're just more in a general, in a general way, were they available? Were they consistent? Absolutely. I, I, yeah, I hope for those of you listening that are parents, it's not ever meant to imply that we are always available and always consistent. Uh, it, I mean, that's, that, I mean, that's impossible. We're, yeah. We, we can't be fully uh, at all times available. But, but what we're saying is, was that the general experience? was the consistent experience that our primary attachment figure was somewhat available and were they consistent in their responses for example uh, and for many of you you might you, you might have the ability and capacity to go way back in your story you know early years of life well for me I remember that you know when I was four uh, I there was something something was happening in my bedroom I just I don't, I don't quite remember what it was I just remember I was what I mean by that is I was a bit upset I was a bit bothered by something and and I remember uh, that, that my mom was in the home, but she wasn't responding for whatever reason. And, and there, there are moments like that, that if that tends to be the consistent experience, then that's where anxiety kicks in a bit. It's that when our attachment figure, for whatever reason, just tends to be unavailable, uh, and that's an, then that might be a consistent experience, anxiety tends to, to heighten because our body feels distress. Essentially, we're asking the question internally, but also out loud is, where are you? And or where did you go? That's an essential part of even what we carry into our marriage. Those The same questions that we wondered aloud or asked internally, even if we didn't have words, were the questions of where are you and where did you go? Because sometimes our attachment figure, for whatever reason, uh, was unavailable and or they were inconsistent in their responses. And for many of us, we might not even be aware uh, of how those, those early stories, experiences tend to influence and impact us in our marriage relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for many of us, we really aren't in touch with that. Maybe we have just sort of put that in the past and decided, you know, I'm not going to think about that, but it really does impact. And, um, and then it kind of gets more complex as we begin to unpack that. And, and so, yeah, for my story, you know, I, I'll talk about it a little bit later, but it, it was a little more complex because it was, 
um, some, some parts were available and some parts weren't available. And so, you know, I had to kind of begin to understand that to see how it's really impacting me and then how it impacted us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of, part of what's hard and maybe even difficult for, for us at times through the years, but also for those of you listening is I think for many of us, we have painful experiences with regard to attachment, mm-hmm. which is, which is sometimes why it's hard to maybe even stay present to this conversation or others. When we start talking about story and early experiences is I think things get stirred Memories, memories are, are remembered and, and are, because our body stores memory, our body stores experiences, particularly with regard to attachment. And, and part of, in the previous podcast, we talked about need and, and need is such an essential part of how then we form uh, relational dynamics in our marriage with regard to need, because need is the essential feature within attachment. It's when you and I had need, whatever it might've been, how did your attachment figure tend to respond? Uh, were they were they somewhat available, or were they consistently available, or were they inconsistently unavailable? Meaning that 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 how that person tended to respond to you is a significant part of the way in which you and I and we bring need even to our marriage relationship. That if our attachment figure tended to not respond, or they tended to be unavailable or they were inconsistent in their responses, uh, we, we tend to avoid expressing need. We tend to maybe hide the need. We tend to hope the need goes away because what's unbearable for both uh, uh, in our own infancy and on childhood, adolescence, and even in adulthood, what's unbearable is when need is named, expressed, and the other doesn't respond for whatever reason. When they're unavailable, or, and or they choose to not respond, and or they're inconsistent in their response. So it's, it's, it's an essential part of how we understand our marriage relationship is understanding how, those, how that story or those stories, the primary story of attachment, tends to influence and impact our marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's important here to also say that we're not evaluating, you know, whether we had good parents or not good parents. You know, I think the best intended parents that are kind and good and wonderful can also maybe not have met some of our needs. And sometimes that's a little bit hard to admit. You know, we, we feel loyal, we, we love our parents. And so we're not suggesting that there's good parents and bad parents. You know, we all are complex and we live in a fallen world. And so things aren't going to always work out perfectly. And so it's, it's, it, again, it's, um, you know, we're going to do the best we can as as we remember some of those stories. Mm -hmm. And yet for many of us, there are painful experiences connected Mm -hmm. to story and with regard to attachment. And, you know, for, for some of us, you know, that attachment figure just wasn't responsive for whatever reason. And, or Sometimes that attachment figure was harmful and even dangerous at times. And so there's, a, there's, there's levels of confusion and complexity. Uh, sometimes there's trauma even connected to that attachment experience that, that sometimes there was harm uh, in the way that attachment figure responded to us. So there, it, it stirs much. And, and that's part of our hope in this is that you would be intentional about caring well for that part of your story in ways that would be helpful for you. Uh, because so much of the way in which we interact in our marriage is connected to that. 
And the flip side of that, I think, is, I, you know, for example, I wasn't really that stirred when I first heard about attachment. And I just thought, oh, well, I had a great family. My parents loved me. I always felt loved. Um, so, yeah, I guess this topic isn't really for me. And I went on like that for a while until I began to realize one of the areas that we didn't really have a lot of interaction with growing up was in our, in emotions, um, just being emotionally available. And so that's kind of a whole nother category. My parents were completely physically, um, available in every way I felt, you know, like all my needs were provided, but we just didn't have that emotional component. And so as I began to understand there wasn't the emotional availability, it really hit home. And I, it had a big impact on how I understood myself and how it impacted our marriage. And so, you know, that's kind of the flip side to understanding how it's impacting you. Mm -hmm. Yes. And sometimes that understanding is a developmental process. It's, it's not something that we just, you know, turn the light on and say, Oh, okay, I figured it out and I've got it all, you know, I've got a sense of, of how it all plays out. I think for us, that's, that's still at play. Even after 34 years of marriage, there's still a part of us that is, is continuing to understand the ways in which those uh, early stories of attachment oh, yeah. tend to influence and impact daily. us daily. Yeah. If not hourly, almost. <laughs> so the, the invitation is, is twofold is one paying attention to your story, our story of attachment, the ways in which uh, we, we developed um, scripts, belief structures around need, uh, the ways in which that attachment figure responded to need and how that then, how then we carry that into our marriage. Because again, the privilege of marriage is that we are the new attachment figure for our spouse. And I, I, I don't say that lightly. I think, I think that's the beauty of marriage is that we get to be the attachment figure. That's, that's the design of marriage is that it's meant to be, uh, that I get to be the attachment figure for Lisa and Lisa gets to be the attachment figure for me. So the hope within our marriage relationship is that we develop a secure attachment, that we are consistently available to our spouse uh, when there is need. And again, please hear that this is not meant to ever be the word always. It's just the consistency of, of our responsiveness. That's the key. Those, I, I can't say that even loud enough or intentionally enough that that's the key part of our, of our hope in this conversation is, is the remembering and the, of the invitation that we are and get to be the attachment figure, the new attachment figure, uh, for our spouse. But what keeps us, you know, from being available or consistent? Mm -hmm. Again, that's another whole area of complexity. Mm -hmm. But one of the areas that impacts us a lot is our own story. And so, for example, with me, I didn't feel as confident in my emotional connection. And so that really plagued our marriage for many, many years. I didn't know how to express emotion. I didn't know how to um, understand emotion. I, I felt it made me feel afraid. It made me um, feel, you know, scared. And so that really impacted the way we communicated, the way I dealt with conflict. Um, I kind of just wanted to leave the scene. And so as we understand our own story, then we began to understand how we can be more available and consistent with each other because we understand where the other's coming from. Mm-hmm. 
you know, as I begin to understand Steve's story, as he began to understand mine. So it is a definite process. Yeah, and I, I keep on, a, I want to echo again that that's a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process of cultivating understanding, uh, cultivating an awareness uh, around how uh, foundational and important the attachment process, the, the attachment experience is within our marriage, that how we respond to the other's need, uh, how, how consistent we might be in the response to their need. Uh, because what, what we're what we're hoping for in our marriage uh, is that again is that sense of feeling secure, the secure attachment, and that's based on our spouse uh, being somewhat consistent in their responses to us, being somewhat consistent of, in their availability to us, and how they respond particularly to need. So, if if somebody was hearing this right now, Steve, what would you say? How would they get started? Like, okay, I want to understand this. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to figure out you know, what my attachment experience was, what, what would you say to them? Yeah, I would say to be intentional about uh, remembering experiences and stories. Uh, when you had need, when, when that person had need, how did the attachment figure tend to respond? Were they consistently available? Uh, were, they, were they able to have a, a responsiveness that was attuned, uh, that communicated understanding on a consistent level? And I think that's where a secure attachment is based on is that there's a consistency of goodness in their response to the need that is expressed in some way. So practically, I mean, maybe you just take some time to talk about stories. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to be really heavy and deep. It could be playful. You yeah, know, I mean, sure. sometimes those family stories that go get told over and over again, you know, you might take a little closer look and say, wait a minute, you know, why was your mom sitting on the refrigerator smoking her cigarette so that you couldn't reach her? I mean, that was the funny story that your mom used to tell. And, and as we started to think about that more, wait a minute, that's not very available. You know, she, she thought it was pretty cool that she found a place she could be that they could, that the two boys couldn't get to her. And now that we look at it, we're like, Hmm, that's maybe not so funny. (laughs) Yeah. For so many years, it, it, it seemed like it was a funny story. Yeah. Yeah. She, she often would uh, remove herself from, you know, I think what my brother and I were doing or, or saying or, you know, acting in or from. Uh, that, that was her way of, I think, coping, you know, with the difficulty of being at home alone often. Uh, and, and why I think why Lisa just shared that is because sometimes we can talk about what we might call quote unquote funny things or funny experiences, but that was a significant part of my story that, that after time, it took me some time to be intentional about, wait a minute, uh, that was actually somewhat familiar, you know, that, that when I had need, um, at times my attachment figure, my mother was somewhat unavailable, uh, and, or was somewhat inconsistent. And so I think under the surface, there was sometimes this anxiety that was beginning to develop or beginning to to cultivate in and of itself. Uh, it's that I, I began to pay attention to, Hmm, this is one of those moments where it's not okay to need, which is why we spent, you know, the last podcast we'll, we'll, we'll spend more time talking about need, but it's the way in which the attachment figure responded to the need. Uh, and that's where it intersects in our marriage. It's that. So then it impacts our marriage. So Absolutely. when I'm not available, like mm-hmm. when I climb up on top of the refrigerator, no. <laughs> I really don't. I don't do that. But um, when I'm not available, sometimes that gets triggered in you, mm-hmm. even though 
that's not our experience right now, Mm -hmm. but somehow the body remembers. So the body's remembering that feeling of, wait a minute, I'm not being cared for. Wait a minute. I can't, I get, I can't get what I need. Mm -hmm. So it gets complex where your story is impacting. And then, then our marriage has its own story of how that's going on. And then the other person has their story. So there's these different complexities. Mm -hmm. And as we begin to unravel those, it's very insightful. And, and the hope of that awareness and the insight that's cultivated in reflecting on story, it's that, that we would remember the privilege again, that we, we get to be that new attachment figure uh, in our marriage, that I, I, I have the privilege of, of responding to Lisa, hopefully, in a way that communicates uh, availability and, and I might be somewhat consistent in my responsiveness. And that's, again, what develops a secure attachment. It's that when our spouse is inconsistent, um, they're unavailable, sometimes they respond, sometimes they don't, that sort of distress is experienced in our marriage. It's, it's directly connected to that attachment paradigm. Yeah, and I think it's, um, it's actually, it can be a quite difficult process. I think we had a lot of struggles and a lot of, um, you know, angry discussions or yeah. frustrations or silences or all the different ways that we've had to work out our conflict before we could get to a place of understanding because, you know, we think we know, or we, we just go on what we know and we don't understand what's really happening in the other. And, and when we begin to even see each other as children and understand maybe mm-hmm. their experience, there's a softening, you know, of our heart, there's a softening of, Oh, that's what you're feeling. You know, instead of just two adults saying, but why do you need me to be so available? You know, you're being controlling or whatever you want to say. But as we begin to see each other as children that maybe didn't get a certain need met or, or there wasn't access, um, our heart softens. And then we begin to really want mm-hmm. to respond. We want to be there. We want to understand, but that doesn't come naturally. That took us years. And, and it really took a lot of storytelling mm-hmm. from our childhood. And, you know, I mean, I think for a lot of us, we think, what, what does that have to do with it? Why do we have to go back? You know, I, I remember my first time in counseling, I was 30 years old, <laughs> went to counseling and she started asking questions about my mother. And I was like, I am not here to talk about my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fix my issues here. And I just had no connection to the fact that that had an impact on me. Mm-hmm. So it's been a long, it's been a long journey since then. And, um, opened up a lot of understanding and just a lot of angst because a lot of times we we are confused about our own response why do i why is that so important to me why do i get so angry you know in that situation and as we understand it makes more sense then we can share it with our spouse and and they're just it just creates so much more understanding i think that was in that time of our life that was such a courageous part of your journey was being intentional about sitting down with somebody therapeutically and working mm-hmm. through some of that. And and a, a significant part of that is and was the attachment paradigm for you and the way mm-hmm. it, it carried into our marriage relationship. And I, I think that's one of the, the most beautiful parts, transformative parts of what marriage can be. It's that when we become more and more aware of, the, of our spouse's pain, sorrow, disappointment, suffering, hurt, harm, 
in their own attachment experience, I, th- I think it it reminds us of oh, I I want something different for him or her. I I want I want to be something or someone different for them. That's the invitation. It's that's where the healing occurs, and that's to me again the privilege of what marriage can be. Uh, is it's it can be transformative in that way of I get to be what the other wasn't. Uh, I get to be. What, what wasn't true for my wife or my husband. Uh, well, yeah, because I think a lot of times you're attracted to somebody that meets those needs that you really didn't know you had. You know, I think, um, you know, with, with our marriage, I don't think I realized how much of my emotional need hadn't been met, but was being met through my relationship with you, you know, and so... Um, I think we, what we crave for, you know, is what draws us to that person Mm. initially. And then through the years it gets convoluted, but to be able to go back to, you know, how we can Mm -hmm. be that person for each other is pretty amazing. So our invitation for you, uh, as we come to an end in this episode is to be intentional about reflecting on your own attachment story, your own attachment experiences, uh, and the ways in which that might continue to impact or influence your marriage relationship today. And then the second invitation would, would simply to be uh, to hold the, those two relational variables, to hold them well uh, with regard to availability and consistency, that those would guide and lead you uh, in the ways in which you would cultivate a secure attachment uh, with your spouse by being available, by being consistent in the ways that you attend and respond to the need that is named or made known or expressed in your marriage relationship. Thank you for listening to the Reconnect Marriage Podcast. The Reconnect Marriage Podcast is hosted by the Reconnect Institute. For more information, you can find us at the reconnectinstitute.com.